Assalamu alaikum everyone, welcome to Tea Talk 4. We have so many things to talk about. I'm so glad you guys are enjoying the whole little Tea Talk series because they are quite fun to film for me. So we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. Um, some of the things that you guys asked me to talk about on Instagram and then just some things on the top of my head. I will be recommending some of my favorite books, um, how exactly to seek knowledge and like keep like a set routine like just kind of getting into that zone some advice from my reverts because i have gotten that a lot i've gotten so many people say can you make an episode for reverts so i'm gonna throw that in here um and then also just a discussion of gaining a connection and better iman and stuff like that and then you know all the other things that i do when i get sidetracked so let's get started with revert advice because I think that would be the most fitting thing. I think one of the things that lots of people tend to forget, especially reverts when converting towards Islam, is that you don't need to do everything in one day. And by that I mean, I know I've met reverts who have beautiful ambition, and it's a beautiful thing, but they literally want to become a Hafiz al Quran overnight. And I'm like, sis, that it's it's a lot. And when you burden yourself so much so quickly, what happens is sometimes you get burnt out, and there's a beautiful hadith that talks about this, how you will get tired of doing, but Allah will never get tired of giving you good deeds. So only do as much as you can. And the main three things that I recommend all reverts to really, or I guess you could say four, things to focus on for a while. First of all, the shahada, like actually believing in what you believe in and putting that front face forward, like realizing there's only one God um, getting rid of all the past thoughts that you may have had or those stereotypes working on that, really be believing in Tawheed. And then two, working on your five prayers, that's key. Your prayer is one of the first things you're going to be asked about. You want to make sure that you prioritize that. So taking care of your prayers, learning how to pray. Um, I know lots of reverts. One of the biggest things that they always tell me is they feel like they can't do it. And that is such a, f it's not right. Let me tell you, when you're listening to something or you're doing some action five times a day, every single day, it's going to start sitting in your brain. I know reverts that were like, there's no way I'm going to be able to learn how to pray. And then they learned how to pray in less than like a month or two months. And then they got it like firm, firm and could do it like without any videos or apps or help in like four months. So if you are a revert and you're not on that track, that's fine. The thing is about learning how to pray is that they're born Muslims that have been praying for 18 years of their life and they make so many mistakes that they don't know about so you know may Allah forgive us we are all included in that or they don't even pray or they're just confused about lots of things about prayer so stop thinking that well i have to get this down in six months because there's people that have been praying for 18 years of their lives and they don't even recognize a lot of the faults that they make your prayer has to be perfect the more perfect your prayer gets the better it is for you now obviously by perfect i don't mean the standard perfect definition that we have on this dunya that you make no mistakes by perfect i mean putting your all into it putting your best intention forward and leaving it up to allah i don't mean perfect in the sense of flawless and you're never going to mess up because that's impossible we are all going to mess up at one point or another the point is to fulfill the obligation not the compulsion lots of people have they struggle with ocd or they struggle with this need of fulfilling their compulsion so sometimes they'll end up spending an hour doing wudu and you don't need to do that you don't need to spend an hour you know doing that or an hour simply praying turikas so that is that make sure that you're fulfilling the obligation strive your best to do what allah has told you to do complete the obligation complete the requirement leave it at that don't be so worried about fulfilling your own compulsion and thinking was that not good enough or will god not accept that from me your job is not to worry about whether god will accept it or not your job is to do it okay and then do it with the best intention best effort put your all into it then inshallah here so focus on prayers to 
focus on making dua, learning that connection with Allah. There's lots of um, guides that teach you the optimal way to make dua. I have a tab on my Instagram called resources and I posted a bunch of stuff there that shows you like the best times to make dua. You can make dua whenever, obviously. Um, essentially dua, you're just talking to Allah. Seriously, I've had people say to me, well, I can't ask Allah for this because that sounds cheeky. I'm like, how does that sound cheeky? You want a house? Ask God for a house. I had a friend who was literally like, so if I ask God to help my finances, is that cheeky? She was a revert. I'm like, how is that cheeky? Like, <laughs> this, it, she was from the UK too. So that's why I'm using the word, word cheeky. Otherwise, I'd never use that. She goes, ain't that a little bit cheeky? And I'm like, girl, that ain't cheeky. That ain't cheeky. She also taught me the word wag one, which <laughs> the UK audience is going crazy right now. Wag one, y'all, please enlighten me. Did I do that right? It's just like kind of like I heard that's like men street slang, like in the UK. Is that right or is that wrong? Like men in the UK, like they'll just holler at girls. No, no, was I told wrong? Whatever, wag one. I don't know what that means. Okay, but if I just insulted on my UK audience, which by the way is my majority audience, I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> wag one. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, so focus on that. You can ask God for anything and everything. The big thing you need to understand is you want to talk to Allah. You want to complain about your problems to Allah, but you don't want to complain about Allah. You don't want to sit here and say, God, you're the worst. Why'd you do this to me? Astaghfirullah, don't do that. Instead, tell God about your worries. We see the duas of the prophets, peace be upon all of them. And how in times of hardship, they constantly complained about their grief to Allah, about how they're going through what they're going through, or how they ask Allah to alleviate their burdens and make whatever task easy for them, right? So talk to Allah. You don't need to do anything grand. You don't need to do anything big. One of the things that really changes lots of people's relationships with Allah is sitting there genuinely before bed and just talking. It doesn't have to be before bed. You could It could be on your way to work. Like talk to Allah out loud. It's, you will sit here and you'll be like, that's so weird. I'm not doing it. Then you do it. And then you're like, wow, like I feel so much lighter. There's just something about sitting there and just being like, Allah, I know you saw everything, but like, let me tell you what happened again because, mm. and then just, just let it out, let it out. And it's, it's so amazing and it, it really changes your life. And the fourth thing that I really recommend Reverse to focus on is Vikr. Vikr is your lifeline. It is going to purify. It's going to clean you. There's so many benefits of doing dhikr and it brings you so much happiness. You know, when you tell people what is the best way to raise their iman, obviously dhikr, the remembrance of Allah, constantly saying subhanallah, alhamdulillah, and all the words and remembering Allah day and night is what will help you become a lot more God conscious as well. And there's something about dhikr that just, it's constantly, constantly renewing you. You're getting forgiven for all your sins, you know, just uttering one simple word of the gut is amazing and far more great than this world so there's so much reward to it even if it feels like a really little act on your end make a dhikr routine i try to do all my dhikr at the hajjah time if god wills and i wake up on the hajjah um i try to do it then or after every prayer also like on your fingers do the good there's so much reward don't undermine the good. I remember when I started getting closer to Islam, I it started off with the good and then it went on from there. And then I started learning and knowledge and whatever, right? But the good, it's going to change your life. And there were periods of my life where I was like, okay, but I just want more. Like I need to do more, 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 more. And I would do more and I wouldn't feel anything. But when I included the good in the routine, it changed everything. So have a set routine of making sure you're getting your daily the in. So that's the four things I'd recommend lots of readers to focus on for some time. Um, the shahada, believing in tawhid, believing in the oneness of Allah, prayer, really nailing that down. Take your time. 
there's no one there's no one's after you if you die and these are the only four things you're able to complete but you had the intention of learning arabic learning the quran learning the seerah learning this learn that you're still gonna get rewarded for it because you kept the intention right so do what you do do the small things right and then you can do the big things right right so there's no shame in sometimes feeling like you have to go back and relearn your basics and that goes also for my born muslims the other day i think like a month ago i watched this whole one hour video on how to pray and i'll and I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. It was a whole one hour video. And I learned so many things about how there are so many things from the sunnah that we could be doing in our prayer, but we don't do it. And like, that's my point. There is no shame in going back to the basics. I know how to pray. But I went back and I watched a whole hour video on how to pray. And it was so interesting because there's so many things from the sunnah that we don't do or like we forgot or that we skip over. Whether it was like because you just kind of forgot it over time or your parents didn't teach you or like just praying at the masjid maybe you saw something different i don't know but like just learning with the sunnah and there's so many things that you could be doing in your prayer that just it boosts it and i can confidently tell you that one hour video changed my life and then after that like i've been praying the way that i learned from that video and it's amazing i I highly encourage you guys to go on YouTube and like literally watch videos on how to pray, even if you know how to pray, even if you've been praying for the past 18 years, go and watch how to pray. It's, you need to go back to your basics. We are so caught up in learning about, oh, you know, which imam are we going to cancel next and which sheikh is going to get canceled next and who are we going to do this to? And, you know, we're talking about sects and this and that. And yes, those are big discussions, but you need to understand the basics first. So many of us rush over the basics because we're like, okay, yeah, I got it down, but there's so much depth and so much beauty in so many of these things. And so we should take the time out to learn them. So go back to the basics. There's no shame in that, okay? Um, that's my biggest tip for reverts. Take your time, focus on those four things, and inshallah, it will work out great. So that's that, okay? Discussion of books and stuff like that. I highly encourage everyone to read the English translation of the Quran. It really puts some stuff into perspective for you, helps you understand the surahs that you don't necessarily reflect on too often. Um, get a teacher if you can if you can't that's fine um you know work towards that because that is something very very valuable i ha i highly encourage everyone to read the 40 hadith collection there's it's everywhere on the internet go read that read that read that read that 40 hadith collection with commentary that is very important that was one of the first books i read i think it's a very good book to read i think that it really puts lots of stuff in perspective for you and gives you a really good general understanding um some other things that i would recommend i encourage studying up on arabic vocabulary words basic ones that will kind of help you understanding the seerah the life of the prophet peace be upon him you know all these things steady i started listening to this podcast called prophet Muhammad, peace be upon his podcast it's on spotify um and apparently it's it's pretty out there i had no clue about it but it's really really great and the guy who does it does a great job explaining everything um and he has like another islamic history podcast so i started getting to that recently i know that i was talking about how books yeah i was talking about how certain podcasts and videos like it really depends what for i think that for sira it's some of the books are so complicated that like you're spinning i highly encourage everyone to read the simple sira book it is such a good book it is purple and has like a little stars on it it's amazing simple sira book so amazing it's literally written like a story and so it's like prophet with peace upon his life as a story and it's like just beautiful the way that they put it i highly encourage that the next thing um those are some of the things that i'd recommend people to start off with ibn kathir any of his tafsirs work stories of the prophets recommend he you can't go wrong with ibn kathir um i've heard lots of people say good things about him i've studied from some of his work as well really really good take um 
go for that. And you can find his work everywhere online and you can get the books. Very, very good. Um, that's that. Um, so that's some of the stuff that I recommend to start off with with books. For leisure reading books, I'd recommend Healing the Emptiness, Misguided, My Love for Jesus Led Me to Islam. Really, really good book. That book took away so many of my doubts. It's very, very short. Very, very short. Um, Productive Muslim, Muslim Woman's Diary. It's a cute book. It's really short. Um, obviously, what is that other book called? What is it called? Reclaim Your Heart. I was only like a chapter in. Then I started reading Healing the Emptiness. All of those books are pretty good. You want to steer clear of some of the other trendy books that you might see promoted on TikTok and stuff. Like do your research because some of those books have had some criticism facing towards the knowledge that was in them. So be careful about some of the mainstream books that you see and make sure that you look at like who the author is and if they're reliable and whatever. Again, I recommend this Simple Sierra book. So good. Um, so fun. They're making a part two to it. I can't wait till it comes out. I love it. I also encourage getting this book called Women's Rights in Islam, something like that. Really good book. Just make sure that whatever you're getting, like, you know, the author's reliable. So that's my take on that. I hope that that kind of helped. That was just some of the books just off the top of my mind that I could tell you. Be careful and just make sure that the person that you're getting the knowledge from is reliable. Now to talk about some prayer tips. So obviously we know that prayer is very important. It's one of our five pillars, all that, all that. We know it's mentioned multiple times in the Quran. So not only is prayer obligated, it also protects you from lots of harm. Lots of people tend to, you know, think of prayer as a burden. But what we tend to forget is that the Prophet, peace be upon him, after losing, you know, so many things and so many people always used prayer as a gift. And if we don't start treating prayer like a gift... You won't be able to see the goodness in it. So think about it that us as an ummah have been blessed with this and we are consecutively able to talk to our Lord five times a day without any intervention, without the need of anyone else, without having to go to a church. Just you talk to God whenever, however. One of the best things I recommend to gain more focus in your prayer is to actually understand what you're saying. I have a chart that I posted on my prayer tips in my Instagram highlights, um, a side-by-side -side chart that says every single thing you say in prayer in the English translation. So just go on the I click on highlights click prayer tips and you'll find it there so another one of the issues that i hear a lot is when people say like oh, i lost the motivation to pray and if i do i have no focus my iman always staying slow so obviously to gain focus learn the translation and that helps a lot and really focus on it every single time you're saying allah akbar god is the greatest that means everything above everything above your job above everything that you worry for that you care for above all of that so I hope that helps on that. And so if you ever feel like your iman or motivation is low, you need to remember that iman is meant to wear out. Abdullah ibn Amr reported that the Messenger of Allah, peace and blessings be upon him, said that verily the faith of one of you will wear out within him, just as a shirt becomes worn out. So ask Allah to renew faith in your heart. And this is very important. And think about how often, you know, you may feel that way. It's normal. So whenever you tell yourself it's not normal, it makes it harder for you to get on a proper steady pace with your iman. So first of all, recognize it's normal. It's meant to happen. And so you work from that to fix it. So for sure, the way that you're feeling is normal. Um, you know, we pray to God because we need it. Prayer opens doors for us. And it's, of course, an obligation. And there's so many doors that prayer opens for you that if you try to open those doors yourself, you would not be able to. So give God 10 minutes out of your life and see what God can do for you. And one of the other things is people constantly DM me. They say, well, I don't pray, but I'm depressed. I went to therapy, but I still feel depressed. 
Well, Allah says in the Quran in 21:24, and whoever turns away from my remembrance, indeed who will have a depressed, i.e. difficult life, and will gather, i.e. raise him on the day of resurrection blind. You don't need to test with your own life to know that you will end up depressed. When God says something, God always, always fulfills promises. God has never, God's not like us human beings, <laughs> okay, whatever is said, it's said, and it's going to happen. So it's foolish to sit here and say, well, I don't pray and I'm depressed and it's God's fault. No, babes, it's you. You know that God said himself, you will have a depressed life. You will have a depressed life if you don't pray. And you're doing that to yourself. So God has told you in the Quran that if you turn away from his remembrance, you will be miserable. It's stated. So you don't need to sit here and experiment and see that you'll fall short. So finding the motivation requires a shift in your mindset as well. You always have to remember who you're praying to. This is the same God that has made everything on earth everything and the seven heavens and the sky and the galaxy that's a lot that's big and he can do so much more and so much more that we don't even know about and you you get the chance to pray to god five times a day like think about how crazy that is it's crazy and of course staying grounded to prayer is key and some of the hadith that always help me stay grounded prophet peace be upon him said that the most important of all matters in islam is Islam. I'm sorry. The most important of all matters is Islam. Its spinal cord is prayer and the highest rank is jihad for the sake of Allah. And this is in the Ahmad collection. The Prophet, peace be upon him, also said that prayer is the best thing to be occupied with. So perform as much as you can. So we say our life is hard or the depression makes it hard for us to want to pray. Yet the Prophet, peace be upon him, who lost basically everything, used prayer as a tool of comfort and as a gift. We don't utilize prayer for what it's for and then we complain that we don't feel anything. The other beautiful, beautiful, um, Hadith that I talked about before, my friend Muhammad peace upon him gave me the following advice: Even if you're chopped and burnt up, do not associate partners with Allah and do not miss your further prayers. I'm sorry, deliberately. Allah will move His protection away from a person who misses His further prayers deliberately. This is in the Musnad collection. Think about that. Think about that. And we're giving such a big example of whether you are burnt up or whatever. Don't miss your prayers. Yet there's some of us that sit there on the bed, just on TikTok. We're like, mm, you know, Asar. I will think about Asr later. Really. I gave a talk at an MSA once. Um, and I talked about essentially this. This was what the whole talk was about. I talked about prayer tips and consistency. And I think that that is one of the most important things I'd recommend for anyone. Remembering and looking at the hadith quite often. That you could be in such a bad condition. But don't ever associate partners with Allah. And don't ever miss your prayers. Another thing, consistency is key. I always say it's that brushing your teeth for two minutes in your life is not going to prevent damage. But brushing your teeth every day for two minutes will. And so exercising once won't help change your body, but exercising multiple times a week will. So everything requires consistency to change. You can sit here and throw a thousand reps and then never work out again and nothing's going to happen to your body. Nothing. But if you sit here and you do a little bit, little bit, little bit every day, you will see a change. And so... For all the people that work out, you know that it's the results don't come overnight. They don't. It's about the small things that you do consistently that give you those results. Like men really be going to the gym to get a six pack and get muscles and they're so consistent. That's the only thing they're consistent with. But like, boy, you're not even praying. So make sure you're praying, okay? Next thing. So plan your day according to your prayers. That's also important. Don't start like big projects or decide to go on a whole road trip five minutes before prayer. Like do your prayer and then go do what you need to do. Or if you're out and about, try to come home at the time of prayer. That's what I do. I don't ever hang out too late, too long, too anything. <laughs> For some quick Iman tips, just to throw them out there. 
Again, Iman is meant to fluctuate, just like we talked about in the Hadith. So sometimes when you're feeling a type of way, you need to question it. Like, is it a sin that's making you feel extra guilty? If so, repent. That's a blessing. You're feeling guilty. You understand what is putting you in that place. Always writing down what you're feeling in an Iman Salam can help you so much because you map it out. I literally write down, what's my problem? And then I write my problem and then I'm like, can I fix this? No? Okay, then make dua. I can fix it, then do what I gotta do. You have to be a little bit rational sometimes. Being super emotional is what gets people screwed over sometimes. You're going through a low iman phase, write it down, map it out, figure out what is in your control and what isn't. Get more in line with yourself and do things that you typically wouldn't do. So if you don't go for a walk at the park, go for a walk at the park. If you don't leave your house, leave your house. Doing things that you don't typically do refreshes your mind and helps you gain more focus and you know alignment with yourself. And that will help you a lot in your spiritual journey. Don't beat yourself up over small mistakes, okay? I have this whole discussion on here all the time where I talked about it. Don't beat yourself up over one mistake. One mistake doesn't take away from all the good that you've done. And don't let people tell you that it does either. So that covers that. That covers revert advice, some books, things like that. Um, iman and prayer tips, just something light to talk about in there. So inshallah, that was good. Anyway, my last tea talk, I filled it with like a bunch of stories from school and like my crazy school days. And I have so many of those because it's not even funny how many I have. One time in ninth grade, okay, well, when I entered high school, I was going through the biggest like IT phase. Like I was like, okay, like I'm going to go to college and like, I'm gonna work towards like but yeah the IT class I ate that up I did really good and I was just super good at it the end of the year project was obviously a cliche robot and I think that robot was Islamophobic because it would always just hit my leg like we had it, it would it would not bother anyone else it would not bug anyone else none of my partners it would just follow me around and hit me but then we eventually got it to work and so we coded like a bunch of stuff like websites lights and whatever and it was super cool and i enjoyed it my teacher never really helped us she was the type of teachers that were like okay use the help guide figure it out on your own but she was a really cool teacher she was super super nice you know always giving advice and whatever but she was constantly motivating the girls and she was like don't drop this class we need more women to do you know it and major in computer science and stuff like that like don't drop this class don't drop this class and she would constantly be trying to get us to do like these different like competitions and conventions. And I'm like, homegirl, I know like six things about coding, okay? And I'm throwing those same six things everywhere and I don't even know what to do. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm winking this. I was winking that class. I gotta end that class. I start to think like, man, I'm actually pretty good at this. Like, I should take this and think about doing this in college. One of the best things that I like about just tech period is that like, you don't even really need a degree. Like, you can get a bachelor's if you want to, but even then, like, if you have the skill, you don't even need to go to college for it, and especially you don't really need a master's for it, which was my pulling point, I guess you could say, because I really, yeah, you know? I, but basically, everything needs a master's now. They treat the bachelor's like a new associate's, okay? I hate to say that. Everything needs a master's, and, like, even if you have a master's, they're like, okay, and? And? And even if you have a PhD now, they're like, okay, and? what they gotta do with me so you know i i really like that about that whole field that you really don't need a master's you really don't need much you just need the skill and i was like okay homegirl i'm about to change my life plans and i'm gonna go into this right and so i'm starting to think like this is i'm good at this like this is my thing and i remember i mentioned i think in my last tea talk how i never took an ap class after that ap class that i took where i failed the ap exam but i got 105 in the class my teacher automatically put me in for AP Computer Science. And the thing with AP Computer Science is, well, she put me in without asking me. She was like, oh, you're going to be fine. Like, you know, we need more women to be coding anyway. And it's great. Da, 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 da. I 
was like, okay, cool, no problem. Like, I could ride it out. You know, like, this is a passion of mine. Like, I... Call me Tech Brody. Like, I got this, you know? I walk into AP Computer Science. Automatically, all of my friends that I had in that ninth grade class, gone, not there. I was like, mm, okay. The whole class is boys. <sighs> so annoying. The whole class was boys. A total of five girls. By the second day of the class, three of them dropped, and those two girls that were in the class barely came. So I was always stuck alone, and I never wanted to do group projects or work with guys, so I sat there doing it all on my own. Now, here's where it gets a little weird. So obviously, you need math right? And if you know one thing about me, you know I hate math. Like, I could do it, but I hate it, right? And so my teacher was constantly, like, giving us math and stuff like that and different decimal stuff. And she was like, oh, we need this in regards to coding this, this, that. And she kept telling me, she was like, Hera, don't drop this class. Don't drop this class. It's just a little bit of math. Like, I, I told Sharp, I was like, homegirl, what's this? What is this? Why am I not coding lights and having fun? Why am I not building snowmans and having fun? Like, why am I actually having to do math? And she goes, Hera, like, don't worry. It's just in the beginning, like the first couple of weeks or months, we're going to have to do a little bit of math. And then after that, it's going to become super easy and a breeze and you won't have to worry about it. And so I try to write it out. But now everyone gets to do group work and they're doing seven pages of math back and front. And she didn't let us use calculators. She wanted us to do it on our own. So we were doing tedious little decimal work, divisions and all this other stuff to read brush up on our math skills and whatnot. And it wasn't hard. It was just a lot of work and it was really annoying and it was really exhausting. And I didn't want to work with a bunch of guys. So I worked alone. And then I was just so tired. It was just so much for me. And she kept saying, don't drop the class. We need more women to like, you know, code. We need more women to do this. And I was like, girl... I don't even know how to, okay? I'm just blind shotting this. Whatever. She kept getting at me about that. And I tried my best to write it out. But then, like, the math became so prevalent that, like, with everything that we did, the math would somehow round back. And I was like, <laughs> So, I took my little self to the guidance counselor's office. I walk in. And I go, I want to switch my class. I'm going to drop my class. My guidance counselor goes, No, it's too late in the year. I'm like, No, like, you're going to let me drop this class. Like, it's affecting my mental health. <laughs> i threw that in there i mean it really was it really was like every time when i had to like finish my class and i was walking down the hallway to go to that class oh my god that sulking feeling in my heart like if you do that for a living like you work and code and do all that i'm your biggest cheerleader and i'm your biggest fan it's so eye-breaking <laughs> eye-exhausting but it ain't for me okay i'm allergic to that now but it just it was just annoying like i just i couldn't stand it and so he goes, there's no way. It's too late in the year. And I'm like, no, like, you're going to let me drop the class. Like, one thing that I learned is I'm going to negotiate my way. My way or the highway. My way. So I told him, I was like, no, like, this is just too much math. There's too much going on. I'm tired. He grabs my schedule and he looks at my schedule. And he goes, oh, yeah, it seems like in your schedule, you're not getting any breaks. Like, it's, I took eight classes. My high school did eight classes. And it was 45 minutes per class. And so the eight classes... It was so exhausting because then we get homework from eight classes, tests for eight classes. And then I was also trying to take like lots of electives and do like, you know, good stuff, APs and whatnot, even though I didn't want to take the AB test. Like I was just trying to, you know, I was trying to get out there. He looks at my schedule and he goes, you know, if I was you, I wouldn't drop this class because it counts for three credits. Typically, our electives count for like 0 0.5. He goes, this counts for three credits as a foreign language, as the, uh, the tech path and math. And I was like, oh really three credits okay hold on he goes yeah it counts as three credits if i was yeah i wouldn't drop that and i was like hmm okay this dude got me bribed he really had me bribed he was like i wouldn't drop this class if i were you there's three credits in here you know like i would recommend staying and i was like 
I was thinking and I was thinking about the classroom and the math and the computer screen. I was like, I can't do it. Just change me. So eventually I dropped that class for, you know what? Art. (laughs) And it's even more funny because the art coach, he's also like a wrestling coach. And so he was very, very strict, very strict. And his art, like he wasn't those type of teachers that were like, okay, it's art. It's pretty. It's colored. It follows the rules. No, he always gives us lectures, like a whole PowerPoint in the beginning of the year. He's like, art is subjective and it's my subject. So if I don't like it, I don't like it. And like, you could easily get a C minus in his class. I'm like, people used to be frightened about like, how is this elective and it's art and we're getting a C minus. Like that class was not an easy A. And then on top of that, people used to steal your artwork. It was the most annoying thing. I had mine stolen so many times. We weren't allowed to take it outside of class, but we had to put up on these shelves and people would steal your artwork, even if you wrote your name on it. And then he'd be like, well, I can't do anything about that. Start over. There were times when I made whole projects based off of like, um, you know, bigger painters and whatnot. And then the day of someone would take it and I'd tell him, I'm like, someone took my project. He's like, I don't know what to tell you. Start off a sweetie. I'm like, oh my God. Like, I know you saw me working on it. Whatever, besides the point. I walk into the class and I'm like, hey, like, you think you got a spot for me in this pe- in this class period? And I see like a good solid three, four seats. And he goes, I don't know. I see. Well, I'll see what I could do for you. And I was like, no, like, do something for me. Like, can you get me in this class? Like, I want to I be in this class. And he goes, where are you coming from? And I'm like, AP Computer Science. And he goes, okay. And he grabs his papers and he's just aggressive going through it. And he's like, okay, I think like you could fit over there, whatever. And I switched to art. And as I was switching, I remember the next day when I was walking down the hallway and I was passing by that teacher's class. She pulled me. She was like, why'd you drop the class? And I was like, I can't do it. I, and she hugged me. She was so sweet. She was like, okay, sweetie, I understand. Just keep visiting me. And I visited her. She was really sweet. And then she stopped working there. She got married, but <laughs> it was, it was just too much. I hated that class. It really made me mentally exhausted, which really threw me in for the punch because when I took art, that art coach, he was not happy that time of period. And like, he was so strict about so many things and I, I just ended up being in a loot like people just kept stealing my artwork all the time and i was like okay it was that or i do math so i just bared it out i think what makes it even more like annoying is that in my school the amount of fights that we have is ridiculous it's childish childish my school had so many physical fights like it wasn't even like it was like just just turn on the tv like this was free netflix like we used to walk in and like someone was fighting one time but this is not once happened quite a few times or a bunch of dudes fought because some dude insulted some other dude's shoes and i was like oh get some goals okay get some financial literacy have fun do something like y'all got too much free time and it was just people used to fight nonstop. And, like, to the point that, like, we had, like, police officers and stuff in the middle of the hallway to stop the fights. But, like, the kids that used to be fighting used to just smack the police officers against the wall and, like, just punch them and then continue fighting. And I was like, yeah, I've, I've, I can't. Like, it's, it's, it'd be all over the Snapchat. It'd be all over everything. I don't even have Snapchat. But, um, it's exhausting. We had to do so many drills and so many talks about, like, fighting and whatnot. There were times in Spanish class, oh my god, Spanish, let me tell you about Spanish. There were times in Spanish when people would take the pass and leave the campus and like the police would bring them back. I was like, what are y'all doing? But Spanish is always funny. I think I've taken maybe roughly four years of Spanish, but it was in caps. So in sixth grade, before I moved to Atlanta, I took Spanish in my middle school with my besties. And 
this is where I realized that Spanish wasn't for me because I was doing great. And then one day, our Spanish teacher wanted to teach us the whole family tree in Spanish. I'm talking grandma's grandpa, grandpa's ancestors, dog, um, uncle's son, beta, like everything. Like we, we, <laughs> we're going everywhere, right? And I was like, that's a lot someone's auntie's uncle and just like the whole family tree like the biggest tree ever ever and it was a long class and so i'm losing my mind like i got you on the mother and the father that's it like and the son and the daughter maybe but like after that someone's aunt uncle's daughter's ancestors mother-in-law you're losing me right but she just kept going and the family tree just kept going and going so i was like i'm smart here's what i'm gonna do she was putting the powerpoint on the board and it was colored and every single person who was a different role was wearing a different color shirt so the father was wearing a green shirt mother was wearing red shirt uncle father's child son i don't know was wearing purple you know like that and so i was like i got this i got this okay i write green shirt equals father red shirt equals mom <laughs> pink shirt equals sister right and I, I just go like that and my friends are like oh you're not writing and i'm like mm, watch i got this next thing you know she goes okay pop quiz right after that and i was like oh okay but i was like no fret no fret no worry because she's gonna take out that piece of paper and i'm just gonna write down by the colors no problem and at this point like my friends kind of started giving into the color shirt writing things too which was, it was their fault who said to copy me who said to do that okay but we're chill i'm like okay i, I know this no worries she passes out that test it's in black and white ink. Needless to say, saying I failed would be generous. It would be very generous. I'm staring at the black and white ink test, and I look at my friend, and my friend's glaring at me. And I look at her, I'm going at her back. I'm like, fool, who said to copy me? Who said to, who said to follow my advice? You were the smart one. You were supposed to write it down. And she was really good at Spanish, too. Like, that was her thing. Like, she was super good at Spanish. And I was like, girl, you're supposed to write it out for both of us. Like, you learn the information. You teach it to me in easy form, and I learn it, right? At this point, we're all glaring at each other. I turn around, look at my other friend, and she's glaring at me, too. And I'm like, should have done this on your own. You should have fixed this on your own. And at this point, the other people in the row also knew what foolery I was doing. And so they're like, mm, good luck. Yeah. I didn't do good. And then I moved to Atlanta. And then I didn't take Spanish all middle school. And then I started taking Spanish, I think, in my 10th and 11th grade year of high school. I don't know. Three, four years of Spanish, I guess. And God, it was crazy. The first year that I took Spanish in high school, the teacher, she used to make us do like written assessments like where we had to sit down and talk to her in spanish and so she would like pick up random objects and she'd be like what is this and like i did really good like i passed that class but man was that class a drama every day there was something people would just be coming back with the police and the police would be like okay here's another student i would be tired it, it was exhausting and then my 10th grade or 11th grade you and i took spanish my teacher was very very old and so he didn't know how to run the smart board or anything and so we didn't really learn much i was just pinpointing off everything but it was i i i learned that day i was like here i quit trying to be slick like you you've got to stop i remember that one time when okay i know i talk about my fails quite a lot but i got invited to honors night for a and b's quite a lot as well and i went for my first time my senior year as compared to all the four years when i was invited i never went i went for honors night because my friends forced me and they were like just come like you're about to graduate you're never gonna see your honors night again like come so i come to honors night they said they started at seven and i was like okay so i get out of my car at seven i'm walking in the parking lot to go to honors night it's 702 and the whole thing has started talking about some speeches and everything i'm like oh my god it was a mm, it was a humbling experience i 
walked again like from the bleachers in front of all the parents and everyone was just staring at me and i'm pretty sure it's because of my hijab because the way that they were staring at it like they were just staring at it like they were looking at it you know um and i was like okay here like there's no way I was sitting there mentally calculating and I was like, okay, here, how are you going to leave? Because there's no way I could stay here. I had to walk in front of the whole bleachers, down the whole stadium thing, and then sit in my seat for being an honor kid. And the way that everyone's face was just when I sat in that seat, I was like, what are you trying to say? Like, are you trying to say that I don't, what are you trying to say? You know, it rubbed me the wrong way, whatever. I sat down and award ceremony going on forever and i'm like man i just just give me my piece of paper and get me out of here because the way that i was getting judged was so much i, I want to cry i started mentally calculating how am i going to leave this place i texted my friend i was like yo like which way is this exit is there a way that i could get out of this exit because it looks blocked i'm not staying here like the way that everyone's looking at me i can't stand it there were times when i used to turn around and i used to see people already staring at me and i was like okay so you've been staring at me and they had that face on somehow that really really disgusted face and somehow that really sympathetic like oh my god poor girl she's probably brainwashed face on and it was annoying i can i can read through those looks and it was annoying and just the way that people were staring and uh, whispering it was annoying whatever and i was like this is why i don't come to honors night because it's i'm sorry like y'all's parents don't like me what do you want me to do but anyway i got my award i ran out there it was not good <laughs> i never went back needless to say my high school years were weird i feel like i sometimes miss high school but i don't because at the same time it was just so much like i was uh and that year like uh-uh girl i was better Oh, I could not with the dunya at that time. One of the things that I remember a lot from my high school years was senior year. I had a friend and me and her used to like sit in each other's cars in the morning when we used to come to school early. So like someday she would come to mine, I'd go to hers, whatever. And one time me and her were talking and I told her, I was like, oh yeah. So since I'm Muslim, like I can't listen to music. She instantly like turns off everything and she goes, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, it's fine. Um, I appreciate you doing that. And it was in that moment that I remembered how many times in my life I dealt with people who wouldn't respect my boundaries as being Muslim. And she instantly turned everything down. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I had no clue. And ever since, like I told her every single time when I came to hang out with her or we were somewhere, she would always like turn off the music and she would not allow that. And it was just so adorable. And but me and her, like we had she was a junior when I was a senior and I met her through a mutual friend. So like I graduated and I don't keep in contact with her like that. But it was it was a very wholesome experience. And I don't know why, I feel like it was that one experience that really taught me that the right people will respect your boundaries no matter what. Like, whether that is a spiritual moral boundary or, like, anything else, like, the right people will get it. Anyway, that is my tea talk for this one. I think I talked about lots of stuff that y'all asked me to talk about. I hope that I got it done right. If I didn't, I'm so sorry. Inshallah, I'll film another tea talk soon. I hope that you guys love this episode. Take care of yourself. Asalaamu Alaikum.